1: Going on yeah, there, okay. Which,
0: that's something that needs to be looked at with VPN companies. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, man, there's so many things to talk about, but real quick before I forget, I just got to share this fun little doodad thing. Okay, so I was watching an old episode of Supernatural with Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki, and they traveled back in time. They went to the Old West, so Dean went and got them some Western gear and they went they were using that so they travel back in time and they enter this saloon and in the show it's a kind of a joke they're constantly identifying themselves as fbi and they always use rock band name
1: page and plant or things like that yes yes
0: okay Okay. so this time they walk in and everybody looks at them. and dean's like oh hi and he points to jared padalecki and says this is walker texas ranger and why that's you know why that's so funny?
1: I he doesn't have a partner, but anyway, I don't know. No, but
0: you know what TV show Jared Padalecki
1: is doing now? Is it the rebirth Walking of Texas Ranger? That's funny. Wow, premonition. That's pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, I
0: didn't. Yeah, I've not heard that. I'm like, really? The show's been on for three years, and I've not seen any memes about that. But it was, it was dying. That's the that's stupid funny. little things that I that make my day.
1: It's- I know I just had something like that happen and it's not coming to mind, but where something that you thought was like disconnected or unconnected through time resurfaces again. So I know they're doing that often with movies now that like in Cape Fear, it was originally Robert Mitchum as the crazy convict that's obsessed. And then he actually becomes the father of the daughter or maybe the judge being pursued because... De Niro took over the role, so they've right. done that now where it's the fr- previous player of the role gets to reappear, like Christina Ricci, just they've remade, not remade, a new addition to the Adams Family canon this right. Wednesday. She's a teacher at the place, in fact, a villain, as I recall. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, there's still so much to be revealed in this series, but it must be interesting to, to like be there, be on set. Are the new ones asking for advice, or are they saying, make this your own? Is there jealousy? Is there, I don't yeah. know. Sometimes artists say, yeah, I really went and talked to the original person. If I talked to Schindler or whatever else it might be. I don't think that really happened. But, or otherwise they say, no, I really stayed away from any influences because I wanted it to be an original creation, my own take on it. There's all kinds of ways to do that.
0: I know the DC shows that were on the CW, that they brought in a lot of past people. They brought in Dean Kane. That used to be Superman, and he was right. Supergirl's father. Supergirl's mother played Supergirl back in the 80s for a movie. Exactly.
1: exactly.
0: You know, they do that a lot with, or they did that a lot with those shows. And I kind of like that. It's fun, it keeps it going.
1: Yeah. And it's funny, if you don't mind the segue. I think I mentioned I've been watching Star Girl. I, I, I was it's, hoping you'd say a couple to that. years now, right? Actually and I just did put it my lip. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for the setup. I'm sorry. We're, there's still a little bit of yeah. cut out back and forth. You know, just, I don't always hear every... I see you get slightly frozen, but then stutter forward. So I apologize is, for not having heard. You're wonderful, enthusiastic yes, but... <laughs> yeah.
0: Which is weird because it's only between you and I. I interviewed three people in the last couple of weeks, and I didn't get any of that. And not all of them had as good a setup. So I don't know what the issue is.
1: I'm not sure if I... It really might be that, despite my thinking that I have gig Ethernet, that it's got some kind of governor, some kind of I don't, you know, companies are so opaque nowadays as to what they say. It's not a guaranteed rate, and I think I mentioned I just checked my speed, and I'm getting like nine sixty-six. I really oh yeah, really-
0: you're you're way above me. That's more speed. than double.
1: Yeah. So- but it's also as you, as we talk, it's not only speed. There's always things about latency, things about what is. Small versus large file size or streaming media is a whole different animal than file transfers. So whatever FTP type stuff I was used to using as an indicator of how fast can I get things up and down back when I was doing websites, that's more, that's like way, it's like, how do you measure it? How many wheelbarrows can I move it? It's like antiquated and doesn't even really apply that we're doing. So anyway, the segue back to DC. Exactly. I'm always pleased. I know that I'm unable to keep up with everything. I... Sometimes I'll dip a toe in and get an episode or two, and I must admit some things, if they don't catch me in the first couple, maybe three episodes, I'm just like, they're they're doing the financial thing. They know that if they've got this brand, and they can do four different spinoffs, that comic book fans like me will slavishly follow them to every single thing, and it's not always of quality, it just is that they know that they can. And so, I never even gave Stargirl a try, because any number of reasons, it's like, teen superhero type stuff and i for instance the runaways which i tried watching was continuously overacted there really is something about it's amazing to get a young person like haley joel osmond that really seems to be an actor from five years old on there's others that are just they are they over emote they whatever else it might be so i had fears of that that i didn't not to be weird my concerns or my love in life is i'm a 63 year old guy I kind of want to, I don't care about who has acne. Do you know what I mean? That's not a plot point to me anyway. But having said that, I'm wonderfully surprised about Stargirl. Not only because it does the teen thing, it's got enough like Heathers and Mean Girls things going on where there's high school boy intrigue going on with who's dating who. And then in this age of selfies and oh God, the wrong selfie, you sent a sexy selfie to someone that did not honor you. And so now they're all over the school. But it's also a very interesting combination of it. it's very modern about that, but also what it's doing is it's talking about the JSA, Golden Age heroes that have gone to ground in a place called Blue Valley, no Nebraska. I think it's I think it's Kansas, Nebraska. And what I love intergenerational sagas like that. One of the best things that DC did for a long time was they had Infinity Incorporated. I think maybe Roy Thomas writing it, where right. they really had. The kids of these heroes and that it wasn't always an easy thing for a hero to hand off the baton did they train them did they try to shelter their kids from even knowing that they were a superhero or much less following in their footsteps because hey it's dangerous this really and also it's a kind of very good sense of some things i just have to be explained away with that was the 50s kind of corny it was a different time but the villains here are very menacing they're not just Hoo-hoo, I'm going to steal from a candy store because I'm a supervillain. They're really got like world evil plots. They kill people pretty readily, like sociopathically easy. So a very interesting contrast between the innocence and what people are working towards today as youth. And that by having to deal with these people, and especially all the what do sociopaths, what a, sociopath, a psychopaths learn to do? They don't walk around with a big horns on their head, so you can say that's a bad guy. They've learned to blend in beautifully. And not only that, but there's a super popper that comes from being a sociopath that they're often our CEOs and our church leaders and our school leaders and our policemen and all that kind of stuff. But for someone to be growing up and discover, wow, the big thing about runaways was you just you don't know. You can't trust anyone. We were totally blindsided by the fact that our parents are like people who practice human sacrifice in order right. to extend lives, right. Mom, what are you doing? <laughs> there's all that going on, and there's really good as well as to balance the evil. But I'm just one of those things that every episode has been a cool, new introduction, a cool like what what that's not the standard way of doing this. They've been wonderfully surprising and interesting. So I'm only maybe five, six episodes in, and I'm like, can't wait, can't wait to see the next thing. Nice. But having said that. I made a point of not burning through it in a couple days by binge-watching it because I really don't want to lose this wonderful glow of what a cool series. I made a point of pulling back from that and saying, oh, The Last of Us has the latest episode. Let's go check that out. And I wasn't current with Teen Titans, so let's go check that out. And interestingly, in stark contrast, another DC creation, boy, there's like a lot of swearing and a lot of the latest series with Brother Blood. It's dead evil freaking serious with too much blood and possession and people i guess the contrast between so once you break out to being a teenager and being a young adult apparently the stakes go way up (laughs) because they're dealing with horrifying things the scarecrow and everything from the last series so having said that i just i'm pleased things like legends of tomorrow i'm trying to think a lot of the green arrow verse seem to be you said good things going on there where they were introducing old characters and that kind of stuff. I always found it slow moving, and maybe I just don't like the green arrow character enough. Or maybe the it seemed to be that there was like, how many times are these people gonna fall in and out of love? How many times can that be a plot point? Give me something new. And so I got the same thing I feel about DC movies. I was feeling about DC series that they just didn't match up to what Marvel was doing with She-Hulk, with Wanda, the Vision and the Scarlet Witch. And another thing, and and Alias, that is Jennifer Garner. You know what I mean? There seemed to be a big difference in quality and in really getting what makes comic books cool. But then I look in the credits and I see like Jeff Johns is the executive producer, maybe the head writer, something like that. And there are some people that really, they seem to have that. Just like I always talk about doing The Mandalorian and John Favreau really being just everybody if he's got the time, let him do all the Star Wars. He really gets what makes Star Wars wonderful. I know I just blah 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 blah, sorry to not let you get a word no. but I'm just sometimes I'm just so pleased. I want to effuse about this is really worth watching and in a way that I didn't expect. it. You've talked about Doom Patrol and Teen Titans. I've seen a little
0: bit of Titans, not too much really Doom Patrol, okay. no Girl, but they're all on my list. That's the other problem when you get into a show you really like, sometimes you're like, well, I feel a little obligated to keep watching because I've watched eight years already.
1: Momentum, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's my time. Maybe I'll wait to the end of the season. Great. Now I've got 25 episodes, like The Walking Dead, last two seasons. Okay. I have got 25 episodes a season to catch up on. Yeah. And uh, do I want to? But I've watched nine years worth. Let's see this last couple.
1: What's kind of funny. I'm getting all these little litmus tests or something like I have, I have multiple subscriptions. And so you can't just go to one source and see everything you want to watch where you can just kind of see them all on the screen and pick one. And what I've noticed is, okay, I really want to watch The Walking Dead. Where was that again? And there's a certain amount of, if I can't find it in the first two or three places that I try, I just, what well, about the Doom Patrol? Some things I will keep looking for and other things it's like, if they've made it that there's just enough overhead so that I'm willing to let it sit, and that's how they accumulate for two and a half years, is it's not hidden. But whatever the overhead is of finding them, I let that be my guide. I did, by the way, should have mentioned that, started watching Doom Patrol. I wasn't even aware that there was a whole new series. So you can tell how much I've been like hungering for that. It just got flopped out there. And I'll say this about Doom Patrol they it's a very interesting ensemble show because instead of always being the squad doing things together they have all kinds of interlocking threads that each of the various different team members is featured and then they often come together because it was all interconnected without being immediately obvious why at the start the characters are not equally interesting they're not equally tragic or funny or just the actor or actress is not actually i gotta stop saying that the actor whoever it might be uh, is not as good as others and so it's wow i wish you would stop giving time to the lame and stay with the main plot lines and the better actors and the more whatever else it might be that's my biggest criticism of doom patrol is i feel like i'm getting a third of a good episode and it's filler it's fluff otherwise and i don't like comic series like that i don't like regular anything like that no i not that's anyway (laughs) right and also i love that doom patrol is weird. And that I it really, it's not really surprising, it's like, where the hell did that come from? It has all kinds of, Grant Morrison is a maniac, and he introduced so many things that not only were not in the comic book universe, they're not in any kind of reality. That and The Invisibles and various other series he's worked on were really like, okay, artistic license, let's run with it and see where this goes, because it wasn't at all conventional. And the Doom Patrol might have, I don't want to say jumped the shark, but that each of the various different villains some are really interesting and menacing and some are like oh they're just doing that to do it because they can draw a room full of little carnivorous butts running around and don't look out they're like piranhas and i don't know sometimes also when things are like naughty and they're it seems that's what a 12 year old boy would think was a cool villain that's not a necessarily adult thing and so i I have some of that same sense of i hope it gets better because right now it's adolescent oh. yeah, that's a good
0: point and it's something i've me and colin have talked about and i've talked with lots of other people like in the star wars realm and it applies to the superhero realm too colin colin's biggest comment about star wars is nobody hates star wars as much as star wars fans
1: <laughs> because they want it to be so much yes. better than it sometimes has been and, sure.
0: and i often come back when people say oh the ewoks sucked and oh, i can't stand jar <laughs> i hate All three of the prequels because George R was there. And this is bad. And why don't they do this? I'm like, let's stop a minute. Two things George Lucas has stated many times. This was a modern mythology for 12-year-olds. Okay? That's what he wrote. He Mm -hmm. wanted it to be a fantasy mythology that 12-year-olds could get behind and enjoy. So if you're now 50 and complaining, shut up. Go watch something else. And I've said, if you cannot get, approach Star Wars as a kid, you're going to miss out on a lot and not like it. And I've seen that over and over.
1: Yeah.
0: Like Jar Jar. Now, do I think Jar Jar is my absolute favorite character ever? No. Did he annoy the crap out of me? No. Did I think he was okay for the show? And it was nice to have something different. Well, what? They should do something different because every alien on here is basically just a human with different colored skin. Okay, they did something different and you complained about it. I think the problem with the superheroes, and this I think is what DC is still struggling with. Superhero movies before Iron Man were treated as kids' fantasy, as a comic book, a funny book, like they used to call it, right? Yeah. So we're not gonna put a lot of money into it. We're not gonna put a lot of effort into it, because we don't care. It'll keep a kid entertained on a Saturday afternoon. And that was the thought. And Iron Man changed that. Now, the comics themselves have had the highs and lows. You've had comics for kids, comics for adults.
1: Yeah, and for a long time. But they haven't converted to that in the movies. That's right. Right.
0: And you don't get that mixture, though, where it's got adult themes, but it's still kids can enjoy it. Like Bugs Bunny. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But I think DC is still struggling with that. And they don't know which direction to go. Marvel has. There are characters in their movies that are definitely more kid fun oriented and more than serious adult topics. They have a, a mixture of those in there. What's good, what's bad, I can't tell you. I enjoy all of them pretty much. See, um, I do too, and what,
1: it's interesting this thing about maybe Doom Patrol being like too odd or too silly. Usually, I'm the one that says, "Yeah, I want more of that." I'm not sure why it's affecting me in this case. Maybe I just because it has been really good, and then this is a lull. Sometimes. Things have a bad part of the season or an entire season where it's okay, bring back other showrunners or whatever else it might be. When I talked also earlier, my segmentation criticism, if you will, oh, now that they know they got a good thing, let's just flood the market with too many Batman titles or too many spinoffs from the Aeroverse or whatever else it might be. But I really do understand that's a wise move. You really do want to do segmentation if you're trying to expand your market and please more people. You really can have Shazam more innocent for the kids. You can have Black Adam, where like, he doesn't have a code against killing at all, more for the adults. And sometimes if people don't have the background of what a breakthrough that is for comic books, that pretty much every other superhero had a code against killing until Wolverine snicked snicked or whatever else it might be. It's interesting to see this is for kids. This is for ladies. This is for like, honestly, truly the elderly. There really are. There's nostalgia movies and that kind of stuff. So I'm curious because I try to have a foot in all those camps. I still try to, despite being a senior citizen, have a childlike wonder, a foot in that camp. And I like going, I still love animation that really is just that. Silly, fun, goofy. It doesn't have to be adult level animation. I don't want to see a concentration camp animated. You know what I mean? That's yes, amazing. that would be so, sad. <laughs> well, It's. I think that it isn't any of those particular things in, that I don't like. It's that it has to be well executed. You can make a thing that is meant to be silly or adult or nostalgic or all those things. And, but if you don't find it, if you don't find the sweet spot for what a movie like that should be, where we always see the Oscar shorts each year. There's right. usually entry and live action and animation. And definitely animation there has the, what were they going for here? Is it a mood piece? Is it about pathos or joy? Is it a, like you can tell harsh truths through animation or puppetry that you can't tell in human life. And so there really was an animation last year, two years ago, about a person that used to be in the camps. And now they're, what are they doing in their life? That is that they worked in the camps. They were the bad guys. And what's, how do they deal with that? What's that burden like in their life? I guess I'm almost looking for good execution. It's not that I immediately dismiss pretty much anything. Is there any kind of movie that I know I'm just not going to I don't know, maybe classic chick flicks. Uh, finding out are you in love and going to stay in love. Boy meets girl, boy loses girl. There's a certain dynamism to them, and if they're done witty and happy, and the actor and actress again, sorry, the two actors, no matter what they might be, are there's interest to that. But I don't like it as much because of what I prefer as my guns and explosions movies. That's right, what he likes to tease me about. I like to be more like higher stakes or something like that. I get to see broken hearts all around me every day. I don't get to see the world being threatened by the click of a snap of a finger every day. So there's a
0: movie coming by Nolan, whatever his first name is. Uh,
1: Christopher, right?
0: Yeah. He's normally big explosions. He did the transformer movies and whatever else. It's like his goal is to have scenes that lead to explosions. Colin really doesn't like his movies because of that. The plots are just so weak, and it's really just to hold together the explosions. And it's so funny because his newest movie, Colin said, that's the only movie I care to go see, and that's the Oppenheimer. I said, if you like explosions in your movie, that's the movie to make.
1: There's going to be a really important one at the end, but at least not a series of, can I blow up a building? Can I blow up a car, a bridge, whatever. I know what you're saying. I saw that. I don't know
0: if you've seen it, the uh, trailer for the new Flash movie that's coming. I have um, not. You have not? Oh, no, I have. Oh, it's a multiverse thing.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's about all they are. Actually, I must have, but I watched six trailers in a row because a lot of them were released during the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. And I went to a site that said, hey, watch them all. And somehow I remember, I, now that I remember watching it, and it was like, we'll see what happens. Because, like you said, the multiverse. We even talked about this. Boy, I really had a brain blip there. We talked about this because the Flash was the originator of that whole thing. Flash of two worlds in old Flash and then all the JLA, JSA crossovers and stuff. That's what all started this way before Marvel had the concept. So
0: I'm hopeful because I've been disappointed in DC overall. Individually, I like most of the movies. I think they're pretty good, not bad. But I also like that overall universe that Marvel has, and DC has not been able to capture that. So I'm hopeful now because they're saying the Flash movie, even though it ties into the past movies, the Flash movie is the kicking off point to the like new universe, and James Gunn's in charge of it all. So okay. here's really hoping that Gunn can pull it together and give us something that we want for everyone getting tired of DC or of Marvel and what they're doing. Let's see what DC can do for the next decade.
1: You know what's interesting? I've seen posts where people are already talking about he worked on Marvel and then he like defected. He betrayed and went to DC. It's, if you're any kind of comic book fan, you got past the Marvel versus DC thing, kind of like Act versus Windows, like 30 years ago, forever ago. It's ridiculous to say that you don't get comic books by being with only one company or the other. Sometimes right. comic companies have demanded exclusivity from their various writers or artists. And I always thought that's interesting, but I was happy to see when they finally break free of that, what do they do? Some of Jack Kirby's best work as you know, is when he finally left Marvel and created the entire fourth world and everything, Darkseid and commandian the forever people, the new gods and Mr. Miracle. And he just, and oddly Jimmy Olsen, where very interesting, cool things happened in a way. Like, what's he doing there? Because he had nostalgia for, Growing up with Superman and Jimmy right. Olsen and wanted to do his own take out of it. I, I can see how I'm really happy because James Gunn compared to others that I don't have as much confidence. He really seems the Guardians of the Galaxy movies were so much better than I hoped that they would be. Yes. And I hope he brings some of that. And as in as Suicide Squad which was his first stuff for DC, I'm trying to think of what he's done each of those places. He's got a good enough resume, a good enough portfolio yeah. that I like, okay, let's see what he has to do. Because and, other things have been like one and done. Please don't let right. me do a movie again.
0: And on top of that, I heard that HBO, which you know has DC license and has all the movies and crap, they're working on whatever, that they are launching a whole new TV universe based on Peacemaker, that it's the cornerstone of that whole new
1: TV universe for DC TV shows. That's oh, very that. interesting because that's got <laughs> such an irreverent vibe to it and also this is funny i used to love they've had series like this that were like the secret society of supervillains for dc was like 40 years ago they said what would it be like to have all these nuts these archels all very competitive how would they interact and marvel's had its then had the suicide squad and marvel had the thunderbolts and sometimes they're they're Identities were not revealed to be, oh, these are like villains that decided to be heroes so they could get licensed to do things from the government. Anyway, I like seeing that sometimes superhero teams don't get along, but the stakes are higher when, I don't know, I remember there being in a secret society of supervillains where a relatively minor character, ragdoll, if I remember, sorry, spoiler alert, but I think it's 40 years old, killed someone by pushing them off a building totally unexpectedly. And it was like, that's what they're like. You're in a pit of vipers. There is no cooperation beyond let's go get the money. They really are perpetually at each other's throats in subtle as well as large ways. And that's what made the series so interesting is this was like Congress. You know, it right. just was. And whoever can write that kind of stuff that can make, give insight into what it's like to be a damaged person that your brain just doesn't work with empathy or planning or, They're so impulsive that they're dangerous. They're so narcissistic that they're dangerous. It sure gave insight, premonition into what we're seeing today. Comic books have always mirrored and informed the world and predicted the world. And that series absolutely did things where it's no wonder this is every small town sheriff. If you gave him superpowers, would he be a good guy or a bad guy? You know what I mean? There's always that weird risk of who's going to abuse it instead of feeling that need to like the weak need protecting, and I'm the guy to do it. Oh, very interesting. Okay.
0: So you mentioned some movies eh, you don't want to see, and you pass them off. You, you know, there's definite things you want to see, and you hopefully spend your time with that. I'm sorry to admit. Fault <laughs> yeah. me all you like. Yesterday it was five dollar movie day, and Colin said, "Let's go see this." I said, "Uh, Bear was definitely better than I thought it would be." <laughs>
1: That's Elizabeth Banks, right? Yes. She, she was the director, writer, etc. I, yes. I, I'm so curious because it really does seem like a movie done on a dare. <laughs> she even said this movie is either
0: going to make my career or break my career. And the crazy thing was, I wasn't that interested. I'm like for five bucks, whatever, I'll sit there right. and stuff. <laughs> it was actually really good. And it was two hours and did not feel like two hours. They, it was not a drama. It was not a comedy. It mm-hmm. was not a horror. It was all of those things, but they didn't treat it as any one of them. And okay. th- th- <laughs> it, was, it had some hilarious stuff in it. And w- everybody was laughing in the audience, but it wasn't stupid, goofy comedy. They weren't like just doing sight gags to do stupid sight gags. It fit the story. It fit the characters. One little boy, said stuff now he was like eight nine years old and eight nine year olds say stuff sometimes and right <laughs> and that's exactly what it was it wasn't over the top written but it was just this little kid getting excited and what he said and it okay. was hilarious
1: and the adults weren't like the stupid ones and the kids were the smart ones that will save the day that it actually fit right. that character okay. the mm-hmm.
0: characters to me i was watching i'm like wow this is such a unique diverse group of characters and the way they're all ad- Um, a lady that played the park ranger i've seen her before on other stuff never a big part always a secondary part tv and movies yeah and she was a park ranger but she was more interested in trying to win the affections of the guy doing the inspections and was trying to ignore everything going on and just the way (laughs) her character was it made it interesting but then the bear attack and she started cussing and swearing and pulling out her gun. And it was like, oh, my God, she's Annie oakley tough. That's funny. And then she got scared and she ends up shooting a guy. And it's just the one guy was, he's the animal guy, right?
1: Okay. And
0: the bear's there and this guy gets away and he runs up a tree because there's a boy up in a tree and this guy runs up their tree and the kids were safe up here. And the guy's like, no, bears can climb trees. And the kids, so why did you climb a tree? It was hilarious.
1: You're the animal control guy. Exactly.
0: You should know better. And then the bear did climb the tree and get him. And when he, his body fell out of the, out of the tree, it didn't just flop on the ground. It went head first, hit the ground. You heard a crack. And then it jumped over. It was like over the top, but it was funny. And there were a couple other, I hate to say it this way, but the gore in that ended up being funny the way they filmed it.
1: And I read a thing from Elizabeth Banks that she said that sometimes if you're going to have that, if for it not to be only a horror movie, you have to be over the top about it, where people can be, and not in an unrealistic way, but it's more like, wow, that's really terrible. But whatever the dark side of humor is that says, that's really terrible. Yes. So, I mean, of course,
0: like anything, a lot of people aren't going to get it. They're not going to enjoy it. My parents, I thought Kill Bill was an amazing set of movies tongue-in-cheek spaghetti westerns but with samurai swords, over-the-top, everything action. I thought Quentin Tarantino did a fantastic job, but you have to get it to to appreciate it. My parents hated that movie. Don't even want to talk. It was the stupidest movie ever. (laughs) I feel Cocaine Bear is a little bit like that, that there's people going, why are you people enjoying this? This is a stupid movie. (laughs) But the thing is, the numbers are showing people are enjoying it more than not. This was the only $5 movie we went to see. The theater was packed. If we had showed up five minutes later, we wouldn't have got a seat. We would have had
1: to wait. That's wild. Sometimes it is word of mouth. People don't know what to make of it until they have friends that say, you know, give this a chance. It's like nothing else you've seen. And that's so much. That's what I'm always looking for. It's like nothing else you've seen. So I'm probably, I'm not going to wait. I'll go see it at either five dollar movie night or i have like credits on cinema right. i'll go to a matinee so that maybe it's also it's a different thing to see it in a full theater because you get the waves of gas oh. and laughter and et cetera, et cetera. so seeing it alone with my tub of popcorn might not be the right way to do this i'll have to think about that the
0: girl next to me was just it was helping crack me up she's like mumbling the whole time shoot the damn bear this guy's <laughs> carrying a gun she's, shoot him dear god shoot the damn bear right. and i leaned over and said that's a handgun. He's going to have to waste that whole clip on that bear and the bear will kill him before that happens. Right. Got to go for a goes, brain
1: shot because otherwise there's a whole bunch of bear surrounding yes. his heart. <laughs>
0: and she leaned over and she goes, I know, but part of me just wants it to... She, it, it was like, okay. She's like, this is the third time I've been here to see this movie. Wow. Oh okay. man, already
1: a repeater. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so... so thinking, remember, you see The Revenant? That was, it was Leonardo DiCaprio and it's funny, bears had become I don't know, Smokey the Bear, Galumpy, Gentle Ben, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And to really see, here's a thousand pound animal that can throw you around, can bite through an arm or a leg. And he did and, that. And, you know what I mean? I just, they're an engine of destruction. They're like, I, whenever I've seen like zoologists talk about this, who would you pick in a fight kind of a thing? Again, like maybe 10 year old boys do. There's very few animals that could take on a bear. lions tigers really big and dangerous and lots of claws and stuff but a bear is like phenomenal killing machine they got weight they got quickness i I read somewhere a bear is lightning in a fur case they're very freaking fast when they want to be and i think salmon out of the air and stuff like that
0: and (laughs) i think elizabeth banks was kind of trying to show some of that so she wouldn't offend everybody about this crazy maniacal bear We've right. gotten past the movies where it shows, like, all apex predators as evil. That's not today's world. Right. So it starts off with descriptions of bears and what they're like and what the rangers say, and that they are not crazy, maniacal killing machines that hunt people. Mm-hmm. That you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. Now this bear's on cocaine. Let's look at the differences. Exactly.
1: And, and it shows that about people, too. Hey, yes. If you're looking for someone not acting in their right mind, that's a way to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> now there are a few blue
0: from jungle book throwbacks that they I think she did it very much on purpose. It makes you laugh. Okay. And you could tell the bear they had coke like on the bear's snout. So he was snuffling in these packages. So you knew he's high as hell right now. And he's rubbing up against the tree and stuff. Exactly. Then he, <laughs> yeah. Then he sees the people. And they're looking through Spyglass. Where'd he go? And then he pops up and he's got the most evil look on his face. I really took it as you can see that he's high and this is his reaction to people and it's not normal. And at the end, they did show him the Cubs playing. So they showed it. When when he came down. Yeah,
1: exactly. If I remember, isn't this based on a true story?
0: Yes, it actually is. It really
1: was a bear that got cocaine up and went crazy for a while. I don't think it killed people, but it definitely was uncharacteristically aggressive and nasty bear. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Now, my my highlight of the whole movie, I'm trying not to give everything away. My right. highlight of the whole movie was the frantic comical chase, almost Benny Hill type running chase ambulance scene. Okay. But they're playing Depeche Mode in the and the song <laughs> set the chase perfect and oh, you were cheering for them to get away while still cheering for the bear to devour them <laughs> and laughing because the music made everything seem like a ah!
1: Exactly. Like you said, Benny Hill. You know that kind of, that's yes. very funny. <laughs> so I'm curious as hell, I will go catch that. You know, it's, okay, right. very good. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, so what's next on our hit agenda?
1: Let's see. We I went to see we, Colleen and I went to see Neil Degrassi Tyson speak yes. last Wednesday and it's very heartening. He filled the theater, the 5,000-seater or something nice. like that over at Playhouse Square, and he's like the science guy. It's very heartening to see that the world doesn't just circus bear acts and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> to, and I know he's got an ego on him. There were a couple times when it was like, you could have toned that down a little bit, but he really knows a ton of stuff, and he's really got good perceptions about, here's what's good and bad about it. The topic was science in the movies, and especially like astrophysicist-type science. So talked about the Martian really got a lot of the science right that if you're going to have science the shit out of it he did lots of things that made sense for how would you survive how would you keep energy going how would you make food etc he said Moonfall which is just a really recent movie from it was Halle Berry from 2022 took the award that he used to give to another movie for the worst science in a movie ever that it just was wrong in terms of how it handled he had cool anecdotes about Titanic that when they're on the one is on the door floating in the middle of the water and they look up at the sky they didn't get the sky right where the titanic was when it sank because that's really historic record I, near exact latitude to longitude and he said that's not what it he actually had teased criticized cameron for getting that wrong and what where they actually had back and forth a little bit about it you know it's only a movie but then when Titanic was going to be re-released for like its twenty-fifth, thirtieth anniversary, whatever recently happened, Cameron contacted. He had a guy contact him and say, "Talk to the guy that knows what the night sky would have looked like. I really would appreciate if you would give me that." And so, in the re-release, it is the correct sky. I remember <laughs> hearing over them while they were floating to Titanic. <laughs> I remember hearing
0: that. Yeah. Sorry, you. I didn't
1: hear that last thing. I'm sorry. Uh-
0: I just said, yeah, I remember hearing that about the sky, how he was talking about that. Yeah.
1: And he really liked contact. He really liked people. the ones he liked. He was happy to say, this is mostly how NASA operates, how science works, etc., etc." et, cetera, et cetera. And others that it was like, they started with science and then they, in order to do something interesting, they broke a lot of laws and stuff like that. And he, I didn't get a chance because we were up in the balcony and he took some questions, but not enough to ask him about the are in space and whether you could steer right. around up there and stuff like that but he was charming and knowledgeable and I, like i said i just i love the fact that and a lot of guys do this we've seen a couple of things now from national geographic from like ted talk type stuff and i love the fact that they really do favor questions from kids because even if they'll be a little bit less seasoned maybe a little bit more naive you want to encourage that interest. Yeah. You want to get the STEM kids saying, yes, I had a chance to talk to Neil deGrasse Tyson. So the questions he was taking, a lot of them were like that. And but and some were like, wow, that kid is going to be a scientist. He already knows. Meet the kid that can really tell you how momentum works, tell you what the names of all the dinosaurs are. He had a couple wonderful prodigies there, and it was fun to see him interact with them, that he was and heartening and playful with them you know what i mean so hats off to him for this generation's carl sagan someone's got to speak up for science and one of the things he did was of course not only what's wrong in movies but here's what's wrong in the world you can't deny the science of what's going on in these various different ways and now we are absolutely paying the price last wednesday was let's see this maybe the start of bad storms in most of the midwest minneapolis and stuff like that and he's like without going into it too much. Yes, that's climate change. Yes, we're getting those kinds of different mixtures of weather that we get the atmospheric rivers in California, and we're getting horrible weather in the Northeast that they characteristically haven't had for the last hundred years. Poor Richard's Almanac is, you can't judge weather based on woolly bears anymore. We've really changed things and we have to learn how to cope with that. Our, we've talked about this, you and I, the weather prognostication tools are really quite good so that you can plan on But even then, you're going to get these kinds of unexpected things, and often like lethally so. You know what I mean? So it's someone's got to be, hopefully, not the Cassandra, but we've had a series of people like they're telling the truth and nobody listens. Right. Here's hoping that he will, we will all together make a breakthrough about they got to take this seriously. We are drowning the world, we are killing the coral reefs, et cetera. He said it really well with the frustrations of. Being in a professor at Harvard, and that even amongst like students, they come in with they've been indoctrinated already. And a lot of his work is just man, you got to make science your friend, you can't come in here with preconceived things and then throw out how science works. It's about repeatability and predictability, it's about taking the data. Right? He he was a great advocate for reality, and that some people are really big advocates for unreality, (laughs) anyway. (laughs)
0: the thing about the movies and i think he understands and can appreciate this that movies are for entertainment so there are times laws and things get bent or sure. change and he knows that I and it
1: kind of does that by definition what if we could teleport and then you go with it i'm sorry
0: no you're absolutely right and i love the thing with the sky cuz i know don't you, know, you can like or not like titanic regardless of whether it was the right night sky in the one scene. But, but as a scientist, that's the fun thing. I like to point out in computers, I'm like, that is not how it works. I, you would not hack into the federal trade whatever in that three seconds that it took them. That's just that's not right. how. Yeah, you plugged in a USB drive and suddenly you have access. That's not no. how that works. Yeah. But it doesn't ruin the whole
1: movie because you suspend some disbelief why they did it that they had to oh, you're right We actually have friends that are so knowledgeable in various different areas that sometimes i'm like please don't not enjoy the show because it's not period costume correct yeah really I mean, they didn't just... have that kind of thing but everybody brings their particular passions to it you know what i mean what and i hope that everybody has the ability to say i get why they got it wrong out of whatever out of budget out of artistic license out of not caring and that they don't let it spoil the movie for them. It's more I noticed that that kind of glove wasn't used for another hundred years. So it might be. And
0: the cops do the same thing with cop shows. Oh, that's not how we do it. But on the flip side too, and I've had this argument, I'm like, okay, but some of the things that we do in real life would slow down the pace of the show. That instead of being a 30-second thing and we move on, it would be a three-day thing that you have to wait for. You can't tell a good story and keep people interested. So you do take allowances. One of the things I remember recently hearing some cop talk about that when they come walking up on a car that they pulled over, they tap the trunk. They said they do that just in case somebody's inside. It's like, that's very rare. It doesn't that's we don't expect a body to be in the trunk. Okay, but what it does is it startles people in inside the cab and it throws them off their game okay. and lets them know we're coming up there are cases they get they don't understand that so i was watching the rookie with nathan fillion okay and i saw so them walking my up next
1: series now that we finished castle i'm gonna follow him to his next series okay i like
0: it i enjoy it i was a, but alan tudyk's been in it a couple times a couple other Firefly and Castle people have been in it. so That's cool. Um,
1: Okay, But
0: I was watching it and I saw her and they didn't focus on it. They didn't make it a big deal. But she walked up and she just reached over, tapped it and kept going. And I almost missed it. I'm like, oh, my God, she really did tap it. So
1: they
0: do listen and they do want to make it authentic. But they also have to be true to the entertainment value.
1: Yeah. It's funny. I'm sure I bring. So, for instance, went to see the first Wonder Woman movie and I come in with all my knowledge of comic books. And so I gave a little review and said, this was all okay, but there's no way that fight scene would have played out at the end with her and Ares. And it's funny, when you're online, you of course, I have lots of friends, but I also risk that there's gonna be people that bring their own preconceptions in. And so I was taken to task for, are you saying that a woman couldn't fight like a man, that she wasn't strong enough and all that kind of stuff? And it was, no, it's that Wonder Woman was never a power caster before, She's a warrior. Nobody can beat her with sword, shield, lasso, etc. But she doesn't shoot rays out of her eyes or bolts out of her hand. And I like when I explained all that and I kind of said, so that's what I bring into this. And that's why it didn't ring true for me, because it was not the Wonder Woman character I was expecting. What did you bring to this discussion that you're waiting for people to be like, I'm a pig and I'm not a pig. So it's nice to get that opportunity when it isn't. Life or death. It, and yet you can see that, that people, I don't know, people watch a cooking show and say, that's not how that would really work. Or cooking in a movie, I should say. It's, they, like you said, they don't want to take the half hour it would take to do a souffle. They wanted to make it that you could do it in two minutes of whisking eggs and boom, you got the fruit. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the Wonder Woman movie because
0: the thing that bothers a lot of people with that movie is the actual science of the lasso of truth and how it would really work. and
1: and i just i occasionally i see that where they criticize things and like how would it actually work it's like you're using the wrong word to describe anything having to do with comic books there's no actual it is in line with what they've established from 70 years of comic books so i guess whatever the word is that it's inconsistent or something like that but once you start to like are you losing reality too buddy because (laughs) <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Hey, Star Trek always touted as being much more scientifically accurate than Star Wars. And I always say, who cares? That wasn't the point of Star Wars. It's fantasy. It's mythology. We don't care how the hyperdrive really works. It's, hey, we got hyperdrive. We're done. It's a fantasy. Star Trek wanted to be that more realistic, science based type of thing. You mentioned The Martian. Andy Weir, when he was writing that, he actually wrote it and put it up on a blog for free and started,
1: because he worked for NASA, I believe. Right, exactly. And he wanted to get, what do you find wrong in this so that yes. I will write publish with errors? Exactly. Yep. And that's probably why I fell in
0: love with that book when I was reading it. I was like, the funny thing is, when I read the book the first time, I've read it more than once. <laughs> when I read it the first time, I'm like, oh my God, all I'm hearing in my head with the main character is Matt Damon. And then they got Matt Damon to play that part in the movie. I'm like, they couldn't have done better.
1: Exactly. That's funny. I don't, he's not my, like see him in every movie that he's in, or at least he wasn't when he started his career and he has become that he's been in enough variety of roles now that he's not only always Jason Bourne, or he's not always the bright kid from goodwill hunting and stuff right. like that. Yeah, I've, he was in a movie where they were talking about doing the guys that are the front men for fracking, and how they go into communities and convince people to do it. And he was terribly believable as the guy that you think is a hometown boy, that you do trust him and he's not got your best interests at heart. And you know what I mean? I, it, I like seeing that they've got a rounded enough career that they took some risks and that they evidence that they really can be more than I'm playing Tom Cruise again, says Tom Cruise.
0: <laughs> they should just relabel all Tom Cruise's movies as Tom
1: Cruise as, it should be like the brand. Tom Cruise drives the building. Tom Cruise yeah. drives a car. Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's done some cool stuff. Like Risky Business was not that kind of thing. Wasn't he in, what's the one where there's a whole bunch of cocaine traffickers and he's a really bad drug pin, kingpin businessman and was totally in like, Enough makeup so that he didn't look at all like handsome Tom Cruise. Tropic Thunder maybe was he in Tropic Thunder? I don't remember. Anyway, it is cool to see people that 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 get out of their stereotype, if you will. You know, they're not; they don't have to be their own brand all the time. That kind of thing.
0: Okay, so speaking of, there's another movie coming out. I didn't know a thing about. I'm not gonna give away too much. I saw the trailer for it last night. It is called Renfield. Uh, which is uh, the name from of Dracula. the vampire's
1: assistant. Exactly. Yes. Okay, Dracula's it's
0: from Universal, so it's a
1: Universal Monster movie. Um, in the hammer verse that they were trying to create at one point. Remember this? They put the mummy and, the, and they were trying to do modernized versions yeah. of it all tie together. I, I don't um, know
0: who played uh, Ren- when it came on, I'm wa- they didn't say what it was. I hadn't heard about it. So I'm watching okay. it. I'm going, Okay, so when the guy playing Renfield is the beast from the X-Men first class movies. That was ah. also the zombie warm hearts or whatever. Okay.
1: Yes. Okay. Um,
0: so I'm watching it and I'm going, okay, so this must be a vampire thing. He's Renfield. So Dracula has got to be in it. I'm going to give it away because me and you know what? I'm not going to give it away. You go find the trailer. I'll, I'll put the trailer, the trailer. No that? Okay. Dracula came in, of course, and revealed himself. And, the actor, the minute we saw who the actor was, me and Colin looked at you and said, oh, man, we've got to go see this movie.
1: <laughs> so, so who would I pick as a modern Dracula? Is it the face? Is it like the sepulchral face? Because I know that William Dafoe no. played no. – because we just saw Nosferatu that Paul Bialatovich did as our concert and they, when we watched the movie. And I was like, who would I pick that's got that kind of uh, like evil <laughs> – some people have resting bitch face. Some people have resting villain right. face, you right. know what I yeah. mean? So, but it's I not. Just you know, gonna
0: leave it out there. Okay. Go find the trailer when we're done. Okay. It's worth the two and a half minutes to watch. There Absolutely. were a couple good
1: you, trailers. spoiling it because I want that same. Oh
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a Woody Harrelson movie coming out. Okay. That looked good. And this is one of those good things that this gener- new generation is really pushing and accommodating. And it's coming out in other ways in our culture. So Woody Harrelson is a basketball coach for the pros, but he's got an attitude and he ends up getting fired essentially. Okay. We've seen that storyline a million times, right?
1: What small town is he going to go through and with his big heart, rediscover himself as a human being?
0: The movie plot already. (laughs) This one it's a group of down syndrome people that are trying to get to the special
1: Olympics. Oh my.
0: Now that's, a, if that would have come out in like the eighties or nineties. It would have flopped okay. and it would have just been a laugh. They would have made it a comedy that you, yeah. laugh at. this did not look like this. This looked like the heartwarming trail that he goes on to discover himself. I leaned over to Colin. I said, so let me guess. They hinted that, well, if you do good with this, we could bring you back to the majors. I'm like, oh, so he's going to get offered the majors. He's going to turn it down to stay with this group of kids that have Down syndrome. It's going to be that heartwarming story, right? Sorry, did I freeze up? You froze up.
1: Exactly. Yes. I got most of what you were saying by, okay.
0: Yeah. So we know what the plot is, but I'm like, I love the fact that they chose people with Down syndrome and they're showing them, in a light that, hey, these people want to be normal and they can do it, just not the way others do it. And that's what was coming across in the trailer. Cool. So, yeah. And we'll see
1: that we've seen Peter Butter Falcon. Rudy was like that. That Yeah. I don't know that he was. Radio. Out- yeah. The Where people are just differently abled. And at, I like inclusion. I like right. that we're all human more than we are any of our differences. And I, I hope that I have the ability to say, wow, my initial instinct is to, oh, Down syndrome. I don't know that I know that much about it. Right. Am I curious enough about it? He, yeah. Am I accepting enough? Of course. I. Everybody has family, friends, et cetera, that like <laughs> right. one of their kids is. And so they're not worthy of love? Of course they are. Of course they're human beings, et cetera. I think the, the really heartening thing is, Like we
0: said, we mentioned a couple movies back in the day, 30, 40 years ago, that everyone remembers as, oh, that was heartwarming, and oh, it had such a good message, and made me feel good, but it was an outlier. It was, oh, we went and saw it, so now I feel good about myself, whereas the progression now is, this is just normal. This is just how people are, to the point where later we're going to have movies, and it might be 20 or 30 years from now, but when people with Down syndrome are in the movie, no one will even have to point out, oh, they have Down syndrome. It's a Down syndrome move. But no. that progression has been very slow. But that's yeah. hopefully eventually where it gets to that point. And not just Down syndrome, autism. Big Bang Theory helped that a lot, bring Absolutely. out autism and point well, out. It's and no it's, longer
1: a stunt. It's just yes. the world is rich and it has all different kinds of people. And you're going to have, you name it, wheelchair people and blind people and Downs people. What uh, And I don't know which of those are now considered handicapped or differently able, they all just seem to be like, why spend time trying to perfectly classify? I don't know when people are, they're not that bright. Remember, they used to have a whole bunch of classifications for who's an idiot and who's a moron and who's, and they're like, all those words, of course, are loaded. And I don't know that I don't use them. They are appropriate sometimes for when someone is, I don't know, I say them for an insult when someone is maliciously stupid. So that's a problem of mine you would hope that we'll spend time understanding and accepting instead of trying to find more ways in which we are unlike instead of alike. And I've said this before that we've got to stop
0: shouting and pointing out that, Hey, this is a down syndrome movie. We just have to say, Hey, that looks like a heart, a good movie. Let's go see it. And we get to the point where it's just normal and natural because until then we're just, every time it gets pointed out and has to be made special it's just make keeping it
1: separated right what it's doing but boy i don't know but confession i colin and i were just talking about this we were watching honestly maybe like america's test kitchen and there was someone on there that talked really fast but with poor diction and it's i that's what bothers me it's not that they're of i'm trying to think how to say this that quality doesn't have to be because they're a guy or a gal, because they're black or white, because they're downs or not. It just was, that's a bad combination to be able to speak fast and not be understood. It's about the communication that matters, not any characteristic, if you will. And so I often, when I speak pretty quick, and I even often preface my talk saying, I really do talk this fast. If I really get to where it's weird and overwhelming, raise your hand and let me know. But I think that I speak well enough that it's not going to sound like a used car salesman or a FedEx <laughs> commercial that I'm still imparting a lot of information without trying to blow it at you and have it be ununderstandable. And maybe the podcast is a lot like that too. I think I, we, I talk pretty fast, but I don't think I talk where he's raving or he's slurring or anything right. like that. I well, try not to. I know a lot of the other podcasts I listen
0: to, I speed it up like 1. 1.5, 1. 1.7. And other people have heard it. They're like, why did they sound like Mickey Mouse? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> right. Well, they're talking so fast. Oh, well, I, I sped it up. <laughs> because Colin said, he's like, well, of course you sped it up because people talk so slow.
1: I hope that I don't let my impatience get the best of me when I've occasionally been in situations where it was, please get to the point. Please get to the point. Sometimes people really are over dramatic, and I'm, Colleen and I would just. We had I'm trying to think what it was. Like I really I seek out places where I will not feel that I'm all I'm I always feel that I'm a little bit ahead of the world because I really do think relatively quickly and get to it. I get to the points of most things and I don't think I'm so impatient that I don't want to hear the craft with which they are talking or the point that they're trying to make. I have people in my life that have started doing that where they like you they cut you off. And it's like, wow, I Don't think that everything that I was going to say, there's more of a point than the one that you've already jumped to. That's something that's happening nowadays, maybe because, in fact, cell phones created this phenomenon of people started talking bursty. Instead of an analog phone where you could hear each other's chatter over each other and it didn't stop it from happening, cell phones were initially like when you started to talk, they cut out and people learned to wait for the other person to talk but then get as much out as they could so that they wouldn't be and i noticed that in certain people they really had cell phone voice that they (laughs) were to talk very bursty And wow i feel bad for you because it's abrupt and it's not like good speaking style if you're going to go out to persuade to orate to share information it really doesn't have to be all in sound bites and quick blasts like that But I don't think that people can turn it off once they've been trained by the cell phone to do that. I think maybe cell phones are now more forgiving and our podcasting is more forgiving that we might occasionally get small cutouts because we're talking over each other, but it isn't entirely the screen goes blank or (laughs) you know what I mean? So that's an interesting technological phenomenon that, and when I, of course, when I tried to say that in a group. The people that had it the worst weren't the ones to volunteer. Oh, I have that. They're very unaware of it. You know <laughs> what I mean. So then, I guess that's just a new thing to deal with in the world. That some people are not like flowing. Not all right. So anything else before we get going? I don't think there's anything big on the list. We got our panel. We're going to be at Fan Expo. Yes, in Cleveland. They'll see the last weekend of March. And like I mentioned I had submitted for both of us a podcast as well as my talk accepted talk and i didn't see the other one so i'm but having said that they expect many of these things to not be a presentation but to be a panel discussion so if you will that's what i'd like to turn it into yeah if you're willing to the topic is adventures in the comic book multiverse and you colin whoever else wants to join in i'd be happy to if we run the presentation and have that be the guiding thread but that we talk about it riff on it and not just me but everybody so if you'd like to do that with me, I'd really much. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds way cool. I don't have a date and time yet. Apparently they don't release that until like two weeks before the show. So we won't know until March 12 or something like that. But I think we'll have a lot of fun with it. And I think our audience will have a ton of fun with it. Too. I hope so. Yeah. So, okay.
0: And for me, I've, I've got some things scheduled, author tables and go into some author events. So I'll use this as a platform to say, Hey, if anyone wants to come see me, this is where I might be. Okay, Uh, But I'm super excited because I get to meet in about a month, not only MacGyver, but Mm. Quark from DS9. I'm going to meet both of them. And Quark is, Armin Shimmerman has been on my podcast. Yeah. I sent an email and said, hey, I'm just going to give you a heads up. If you remember me, you're on the podcast. I'm going to meet you. I'm getting it in your brain now. So when you see me
1: f to f instead of only yes. the, the voices in the ether. That's cool. Good for you.
0: Yeah. So I'm so this is going to be a busy month.
1: Yeah. And as far as you, I didn't, we I still need to get you a Legend. Couldn't do it at the last monthly oh. gathering because we were in the Tyson. But whatever. Honestly, if I need to drive it down to you, whatever's going to be coming up. When is I know I need to get it to you before you meet Richard D. Well, it, so let me do you that. get
0: one signature, and I, so I'm going to get him to sign my uh, Swiss Army knife. Oh. I was like, okay, then I'm no big hurry for Legend, but yeah, I'm okay. super excited to okay. have him sign my that, 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 that,
1: I will not go out of my way, but like, yeah.
0: I am going me, to ask him, apparently, though,
1: Adam's who still has
0: that. the license to that, to Legend, because I'd love to get the license to be able to write some stories with those characters.
1: Interesting. A shared world. That's kind of yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So we'll see. Okay. All
0: right. So As maybe always next trigger, week. Maybe next week we'll move back to Zoom and see how that goes because I'm going to contact support and tell them what's been going on and see what okay. they say.
1: Yeah, I did see like on, when I look at our more phone-based presentation on a regular website, it really is distended. It's distorted a little bit tall and stuff like that. So I know we're trying to hit every platform. We'll have to find the happy medium because right now things don't work equally well everywhere. <laughs>
0: well, you're, you, The one was like that because that was one of them where we broke up a lot and had three different recordings. Okay. So I tried to splice them together with the video editor. Yeah. For some reason, whatever the video editor exported and then the script imported it squished it in the middle. So I was trying to stretch it out, but it would stretch it beyond the top. And I'm like, this is ridiculous.
1: Yeah. The, really? What's yeah, the, the, normal that's export, yeah.
0: the normal export from Zencaster looks a lot better. Okay. So again, Yeah,
1: experimenting, honestly, even these little blips, we're not cutting out where it's, oh, it dropped the connection and stuff like that. I'm happy to keep experimenting until we find what works easiest for you, because so much, you're doing a lot of the underground, the background work of all of getting this out. Good,
0: Good thing with Zencaster is even though us talking, there may have been some dropouts and blips, it doesn't appear in the final because we're both recorded locally and then it merges it. So it's it. it very
1: reassuring that our yeah. experience is not what really was recorded. And that makes yeah. it. sense. Okay. But
0: still, you don't want to be like, oh, what? And so people are listening and every two seconds someone's going, what? Huh? What?
1: Yeah. Because that's a way to lose a listener right away. Yeah. Like, Let's listen to the stutter boys. Let's listen. To- <laughs> yeah. <absolutely. laughs> that's a Exactly. Yeah. All as right, you, man. When we sign off, I'll make sure that I'm all uploaded and that we'll make sure we have a good right. copy of whatever we've captured. Yes. Yeah, so- Okay. All right, sounds good. Take care, Steve. Talk Stephen. to you later.
0: Bye-bye. This has been the Relentless Geekery Podcast. If you enjoy our conversation, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and go give us a review. Give us some likes. It would help a lot. Check out our website, RelentlessGeekery.com, where we have links to our Facebook page, join the conversation, and go check out our YouTube page where we have the video of this and other episodes. You have been listening to the Relentless Geekery Podcast. Come back next week and join Alan and Stephen's conversation on geek topics of the week.